Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, for the record, I was very good on their, uh, Dave and Diego's music. That I didn't talk at all. Well, hello, everybody. We're not on their show. They're both dinosaurs. Welcome to another edition of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. I'm Stan Grubb with my tag team partners, Rob Hefner. What's up? And the professor of all that is dickweed, it is Brian Taylor. What's up, Brian? <laughs> what's up? What's going on? What's up, man? So, uh, I'd like to know what's wrong with the youth of today. As my daughter just finished watching The Exorcist. And gave it one out of ten. Ooh. Wow. I mean, I wasn't exactly a huge fan of that movie, but I don't know that a one would be what I would give it. Wow. And that's only because the going rumor is that it's based loosely on a true story. Oh, so she just didn't buy it. No, she just she's she just doesn't get doesn't get classic horror movies. Mm-hmm. I don't so know. now what you do is you take her to Georgetown and let her actually walk down the steps. Mm. Freak mm-hmm. her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it'll work. Hey, come down here, Katrina. <laughs> I, I think the problem is I let her watch It, the new It, the first one, when, I don't know, eight or nine, whenever it came out. And she's watched it multiple times, and now she's just desensitized. And get away from me, kid. Well, also, you got to look at... Get away like, from me, kid. What What? What was considered scary back when we were younger, you know, was is more suspenseful now, you know? Like, today's music, today's movies about scary is all blood, gore, you know? Yeah, but so we watched one of my all-time favorites the other night in the Changeling. And even to this day when that stupid ball bounces down the stairs, it gives me goosebumps. And it's just a ball bouncing down the stairs. I don't understand it. Okay, but like, let's be real. The best it 
the most scary it was the one that came out when we were kids, not the one that came out most recently. You know, I've still never seen it. You've never seen the original. Wow. Go. Get. Wow. Get. Go. Go away. <clears throat> You're bugging me, kid. I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying you know. to be professional and have a have a podcast, of, uh, one of the best fastest growing podcast in in the world in the world and you're trying to you're trying to what's the one where you 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 take a picture and you jump in somebody else's picture photo no, no. bomb yeah you're trying to you're trying to uh podcast bomb me <laughs> a podcast bomb Some... now my wife's doing it <laughs> she's yelling at me from across the room well what in the world is this would you would you both like uh, headsets, young talk. <laughs> they don't need one. They just yell. That's right. They don't need one. They've got good lungs. <laughs> They've got yours to monopolize. <laughs> Killing me. Uh, Killing me. For those that are checking us out over at uh, PW247 Radio, thank you so much. We just want to say it's nice to be recognized and heard. And Brian's not wrong. We are indeed quickly becoming one of the fastest growing podcasts, internet radio broadcasts. That's what we do. That's who we are. And by God, we are growing. We got a lot to talk about. Who's excited about the draft? Yay. Shh, shh. I'm, I'm listening for excitement. No, I don't care. Yay. <laughs> I mean, that might be all you get. All right, Rob, what do you think? Draft. Yay or nay? I mean, when they first started the draft concept and it meant something, yes, it was fun. Now it's just pointless. Because, mm. I mean, if it was only, like, I mean, if you think about it, we got a draft right now, but they've already moved Mandy Rose. They've already moved this person, that person all over the place, you know? So it's like, but now we have a draft. Well, isn't that what you've been doing all the last couple months? Is you, know, we'll move, you know, it's just stupid. I agree. And if they kept it and if they kept the stuff separate, like you couldn't go to one brand, you know what I mean? Like you don't go over there for little vignettes or attack people or whatever. Like it's just separate. Well, all right then. That man was so set up and angry. He had to vent. He got it off his chest. He did. Did you hear the, the venom? The vitriol. The venom. All right, let me let me pull this up. Where's it at? I just want to make sure I don't get it get it wrong. Uh, CBS Sports, they should have it, right? Well, you won't fail, sir, because the WWE got it wrong. So if if you get it wrong, what's the difference? There we go. No, I won't get it wrong. But so. Now this is what SmackDown and Raw does. It, does NXT come into play in this? No, NXT is not in the draft. Who isn't? NXT is not. That's absolutely ridiculous. <gasps> oh my God! They picked Drew McIntyre. Really? Well, I mean, he had to go somewhere. Wasn't he already on Raw? Yes. Yeah. So he literally didn't do anything. They wasted a pick 
on somebody who didn't change brands. Unless they're just shifting everyone. If that was the idea. Everyone's moving. Yeah. They didn't. And I like it says draft yeah, but- to SmackDown Roman Reigns. Uh, drafted to stay on SmackDown Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah, but so to me, though, those are your champs. And you have to draft them or else you run the risk that the other show would draft them. You know what I'm saying? So if Raw picks first and Roman Reigns doesn't get picked by SmackDown and goes to the second round, there's a chance Raw could pick him up. Uh Uh-oh. Seth Rollins goes to SmackDown. Okay, now on the surface, Seth going to SmackDown wasn't necessarily a bad idea. I actually was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And then they they screw it up by sending um, Dominic, Dominic Mysterio, Las Vegas' favorite wrestler, and and Buddy Murphy and Rey Mysterio. So literally the feud just switches shows. Well, yeah, but have- so... No, well, let's not jump ahead. Let's let's take it one at a time here. One agonizing step at a time. Okay. One agonizing. I just this is great fun for me because I am torturing all the bobbleheads tonight. Sunny Chase right now. <sighs> who? Sunny. Sunny who? Our friend like Sunny. Drink. No, not Sonny oh, D. Oh, that, that guy. Not Sonny D, not Tammy Sitch. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about the yeah, other I, Yeah, the other, other Sonny. So I'm just going to torture every last stinking WWE bobblehead listening because they need to know that at the end of the draft coverage, we're going to talk some uh, quality stuff. It may be a certain dog collar match. Eh. But I digress. Yeah, but who wants to talk about dog collar matches? Oh, you know, you're kidding. I digress. <laughs> so, all right, Stan, did you watch this? I, I have not. I, I, Full transparency. I jumped ahead and saw the results. Full transparency. I did catch uh, the last 45 minutes of SmackDown. Um, I did not see the entire show. But I did pull up the draft results, and I was greatly unimpressed. All right, so wow. do we know how, like, the parameters? Because it looks like Raw gets an extra pick. Because of the third hour, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So that makes sense now. So the first round, Raw gets to pick three. SmackDown gets to pick two. So we're picking one per hour. Is that what the WWE is telling me? <laughs> so we're gonna... uh, not really, but okay, go with that. <laughs> there were four so rounds Seth Rollins has been drafted to SmackDown yep. hour number two. Uh, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, that, uh, I'm not wrestling at 8 o'clock. Nope, I don't do segments. <laughs> hour two. Hour two. I'm, <laughs> I'm the 9 o'clock man. <laughs> uh, that's some funny stuff. Bam. There it is. I, it just it doesn't make no sense. But 
we should probably cover it nonetheless. I mean, the, the crazy thing was when they described the draft, they said champions are involved in this draft. And WWE champion stays on Raw. I, I'd have been okay if they had switched places. I wouldn't have cared. But, you know, okay, Drew goes to Raw. Fine. Asuka stays on Raw. Again, fine. That's okay. The Hurt Business stays on Raw. Now I'm starting to get a little concerned. I'm like, is anybody going to move? And then Roman stays on SmackDown. The, excuse me. <clears throat> the Tribal Chief well, stays on SmackDown. Well, the fact Smackdown. that, they, the fact that they, they drafted the entire Hurt Business all at one time. Yeah, that was you know, like that was at, That's four people. That'd be like back in the day going, all right, I draft all of DX. Past, present, and future. Or <laughs> the NWO goes to SmackDown. You know, like, which one? All of them. All 55 of them. <laughs> yeah, this is bad. This really is. I, did, I didn't want to just dump on them, but it is bad. Really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> really? I, I, I was trying my best. I was, fellas. I was trying my Dad, best. please sound the bullshit horn. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. Dude. You wanted to do it so bad, you're worse than Lars Sullivan at a, at a uh, well, let's just say an adult filming convention. We'll put it that way. <laughs> hey, he could have had, had a pretty good career. You never know. <laughs> we'll just he, may still might. he may still might. Yeah, he, you never know. Um, God, Heard imagine small that coming pitch. at you on the casting couch. Oof. Oof. Dang <laughs> uh, Oh, hey, imagine being that. Imagine being the actor first day on the job. Who's the other actor in the scene? Him. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> now you've gone too far. Oh, but on the other end of the spectrum, I saw this just before we started tonight. Okay. Joey Ryan. We all know what he's infamous for. You know, he wants everybody to grab it. He wants to do the piece, penis Bible suplex. study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's leading Bible studies. Look, I'm all about. Redemption and a great redemption story. Uh, however, the what did Rob just call it? The bullshit alarm? Uh, yeah, that's loud. It blew up my earphones. It was that loud when I saw that tweet. I'm like, wait, what? What the hell? Um, however, though, shouldn't we give the guy a chance? I mean, that's all we're yeah. saying. That's but any gimmick involving church is going to go. Is not going to, you know. You know, I, I think it's not it, the smartest. But it, is that his gimmick? Is that his gimmick? Bible study dude? Or is he actually going to Bible study? Because that would be screwed up for you too. You know, you're not wrong. That would be messed up. If he's if he's legitimately... <laughs> let me put it to you this way. Because I've, I've had my... I've had my uh, moments with this type of stuff too. So here, here's the deal. Look, if Joey Ryan is truly going through this in a legitimate fashion, then more power to him. You know, like, do this. But in my experience, and Rob, you can comment to this too, this isn't about, like, showing everybody, hey, look at my pictures of me when I'm taking communion. And there's a picture of me in the choir. Usually it's more of a personal, more of an intimate kind of thing. But... Being the performer that Joey Ryan is, perhaps he feels that this is the proper proper platform. Who knows? Right. Maybe he was 
tweeting it to his family and friends and forgot he had that many followers. <laughs> or people with a good memory. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, anything's possible. Look, I hope, I hope uh, for his sake that it does go that direction. Okay, look, I, I, to be perfectly honest, I really would hope that that's what he's doing. Like, he's really making a shift in his life. Because otherwise, you, you know, wrestling may be done for him, quite frankly. But if he's making a shift in his life and kind of going a different direction, then go for it, man. Do it. You know, eventually, if he's legitimate, eventually these people that are angry at him, they may still be angry, but they're going to accept the fact that he's moved on. Then again, he right. still could be brought up on legal charges. We don't know. Well, and it's just the thought of if you're doing it for yourself, great. But if it's just for PR, then you're going to look worse at the end than you before it even started. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Like if it's just for the photo ops and for PR, then, hey, you know what? You're going to be worse for the wear. But if it's for legit, hey, good to you, good for you. You know, everybody needs their thing. As I'm watching Biggie duct tape Seamus' feet together. Um, can I just go on record? Yes. As saying that based off of the draft in the first five rounds, that has got to be the weakest SmackDown roster I have ever laid eyes on. Oh, come on. Otis is and a damn main event anywhere in the world. That Raw roster is even weaker. What What about that? Both rosters, I, I happen to agree with you, by the way. Um, both rosters, what this draft has done is really expose a lot of holes. Yes. Now, I know that you, we still have uh, Monday to go. However, hey, 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 your boy's in the Thunderdome for Monday. You're in the Thunderdome? I'm going to the Thunderdome. Hi. Again? Yes. He he just can't stay away from it. It's the only time that he's going to you know get recognized with WWE. Woohoo! Well, that and when they steal <laughs> the catchphrases. Oh, wait, that's AEW. <laughs> yeah, but they probably don't know. Oh, no, Somebody they know. Somebody else is... Yeah, but they they probably don't know it's from you. They, you know, Randy Orton is probably doing it and saying, "Hey, me, go out there and say your brush with greatness is over," and use the A, over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why not? FDR oh. did it. AEW would never do anything like that, Dan. You know that. Never. They're perfectly innocent. That is gentlemen. still that is so funky. That is so funny. <laughs> you know what the thunder you know what the Thunderdome reminds me of? That scene that scene out of Back to the Future Two when his boss catches him. Oh no. <laughs> Read my you know, facts. <laughs> you know. You are and and it also reminds me of the scene when he's in the eighties cafe. Oh yeah. When Max Hedrum comes up to order, what would you like? Uh uh. <laughs> Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, look. There are some truly creepy-looking fans in the Thunderdome, by the way. Well, now, yeah. that, now that they're back here in the back, because like, normally you keep raw eggs and flour next, just out in the open, because that's good, safe cooking practices. You know, it's a good thing. I, I should get on the Thunderdome, too, and just sit there. 
like with my shirt off, rubbing my nipples the whole <laughs> two hours. Just, <laughs> Probably not, since people love to pant. That a lot of people just watch the Thunderdome unless you, because <laughs> unless you want to be a meme for the rest of your life. Yeah, but if I wear a mask, who's going to know, right? They're just going to see the mask dude rubbing his nipples. Well, Kenny Omega got to go to the Thunderdome for a while. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing I noticed oh my about goodness. fans in the Thunderdome is they all look like Festus. They're all just sitting there. <laughs> wrestling, uh. I, love, I love the ones that got their fake their belt on their shoulder like, Woo! Well, at least they're excited. Well, that is true because I did I did see like when Lars showed up, and I mean it looked like the majority of them people were like excited to see him. And by Sunday, that excitement's probably gone by the wayside, according to the stalking allegation. Twitter is kicking shame like he legit broke a broom over Seamus's back. <laughs> yeah. They have been uh, ruthless with each other. Uh, so he's, let's see. He's like, you put eggs in my hair, motherfucker. <laughs> We're just all, you know, it's a good thing I left the explicit sticker on. That's right. Corner to corner explicit tonight. Apparently we just can't. That's right. Sorry. Suck it. Damn. Bobbleheads. So round one was pretty blase outside of Seth going to SmackDown. Like I said, when I saw that, I was like, okay, that's that's not too shabby. That could be interesting, but they kind of kill it before the night's done. AJ Styles goes to Raw. Come on, who was surprised about that? Literally literally no one. Mm-mm. I thought that he had already been moved. So it had been in the works for a while now. Uh, basically put, since the, um, I guess, very public acknowledgement of Paul Heyman's involvement with Gallows and Anderson being fired, which to me is still astounding that Heyman would be like that. Um, but apparently Heyman played a huge role in them actually being fired. So basically AJ Styles didn't want to work with him. That's what he says, you know, that he didn't trust him, but he's a professional and he do what he had to do. But in an effort to keep everybody calm, they, they were going to send AJ to Raw. Suddenly it's draft time. Hey, it's a perfect opportunity. Let's send them to Raw. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> AJ and Drew McIntyre could be good. I'd be all right with that. Uh, y- yay. Look, you you don't count with the with the yay and boo anymore. You're you're already. What do you mean? Flew, you're already one flew over to cuckoo's per- nest. I'm participating here. <laughs> His bobblehead function broke, Stan. Okay, fine. Uh, ow! His head goes the other direction. Does it, it spells the A's instead of W's. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I got you. Got you. Okay. So Sasha stays on SmackDown. I know, Brian, you had to be excited about this. Yay. All right, that's a little bit more energy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do better next time. Naomi Yay. Naomi goes to Raw, which hey, good for Naomi. Let's get some new face new faces on Raw. Thanks, guys. Oh, so you you Jeez, wow, we really really weren't excited for this draft. It's obvious. Um, all right. Well, yeah, but it's not so much not being excited. I think. I think draft is kind of like the, the that special time of year where magic can happen. Mm-hmm. But I think this year, 
probably more than any other year. Yeah. Now the lay lay person, the true bobblehead, should be able to tell this roster is just so flimsy. You know, it's not even funny. You know, previously, as recent as just after WrestleMania, WWE was accused of hoarding talent. And I noticed that after the releases, we all seemingly sat there. I think we all said it. They've still got a crap ton of talent. And then we get Mm -hmm. to, here we are today, talking about the draft that is about halfway through as of Saturday. Because they did continue the draft in one more round Saturday morning. Um, But now here we are pointing out holes in gaps in the rosters because now it's like, wow, they're really, really short on people. Is it just an injury bug? Is that what happened here? Or did they maybe goof up and let go of maybe a few too many? Um, well, I don't, I think they probably let go of some they shouldn't have, and they kept some, you know, in the, in the same breath they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And I think also if they would push the right talent, uh, then I think, I think it'd be better. I mean, honestly, why is Lacey Evans not being pushed? And the only two you're pushing are Banks and Bailey. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it makes no sense. It just literally makes no sense. You're pushing Banks and Bailey over the entire roster of female competitors, yet you have Asuka, you have Lacey Evans, you have some of these other ones that should be getting pushed. Alexa Bliss, what is she doing now? Oh, I'm Sister Abigail. Oh, oh, oh. So your biggest female wrestler, as far as the fans go, is now going to become what exactly? I mean, I kind of think it's been this for a while, though, with them. I think the WWE for a while has always booked the same five people, you know, Mm -hmm. for years. You know, like, I mean, if, let's say they're doing the New Day versus the Usos or whatever... If you look at any tag team conversation, it always ends up being the same people, you know, just like the women's division. Sasha has always been in the mix somehow. And but they've done this for decades where they just they have talents all over the place, but they only promote the ones that, you know, are on their the same five people as we should say. I mean, you got Apollo Crews. You got, I mean, you had Curtis Axel for years and they didn't do anything with him. Um, you got Kofi, Xavier, and Big E. You could push them in different directions, but you don't, you know? Like, all of a sudden, we get Roman Reigns versus one of the Usos. Like, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, Uso gets main event slot. But Kevin Owens doesn't, you know, like you got Sheamus fighting Big E for what? <laughs> and this is like the 12th match they've had, by the way, on SmackDown. You know, I mean, but I agree with Brian on the fact like you got Lacey Evans, you got um, Nikki Cross, you got Naomi, 
You got, I mean, you're bringing up these ladies, and then you don't do anything with them. So then you have no nothing to no, no nowhere else to turn and but push them back down. You got Natalia, and all of a sudden now Natalia's teaming with Lana, and they're like, "We want title shots." For what? <laughs> well, I mean, good luck with that when your female tag champs are Nia Jax and Baszler. Yeah, who, who, who by the, the way, are ever on Raw? <laughs> who, by the way, couldn't compete? So, and if you're going back in the day, when we're talking about, you know, booking and kayfabe, back in the day, if you couldn't compete, you lost your title. You know? I mean, look, they, they stripped the women's title from Naomi because they're like, she's going to be out of action so long that she won't be able to. She was back for the tournament. You know, it's just uh, the problem is fan. There's so much information at the fans at all the fans' fingertips these days that we were we weren't privy to any of this knowledge back in the day. So you didn't know the inner workings or anything. So when you watched it on TV, you're like, "Wow, okay, he took it for the what it was." Even though you did the switch flip, you know, you flip between WCW and WWE or, you know, you watch AWA or whatever. But it's like now there's so much information out there. There's it's just. But the problem is. The roster of talent they have. Again, they don't push the ones they should push. And it doesn't matter how much information that I receive on Twitter or Facebook. If you don't push the right people, I'm not turning on your program. I'm going to sit at the water cooler and make fun of you and make fun of the people that watch you because your product is garbage. Right? So, you know, great. You're the biggest wrestling company in the world, but that doesn't mean you're the best. And, and that's where we're at right now. That's what this draft shows. I mean, I get more excitement watching Dark on Tuesday than watching the WWE program. And you're really going to have to come up with something good now to get me to turn it on. The sad thing is we're only through two rounds. Yes. <laughs> So, you mentioned uh, Shayna and Nia Jax staying on Raw. Again, this is dumb. First off, they're the women's tag team champions, so they go to both shows anyway. Why were they involved, period? They shouldn't be on there. Then, Well, something tells me they're probably going to change that. They'll probably get... Because, like, all the champs are lined almost on Raw, except for, I think, two of them. So I can see SmackDown eventually getting their own tag team champs, male and female. Well, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. Um, we go into round three, but before we do, Bianca Belair goes to SmackDown. Eh. I haven't seen anything from Bianca Belair NXT to current that's told me, yeah, this this woman is it. I just I don't see it. She's funny. She's charismatic. Don't get me wrong. It's not like she's a waste, but I just don't see the 
I don't see money, but that's just my opinion. I agree with you. But again, it shows the depth of their, you know, and one of the things WWE has, they're big. They have so many people that we forget they even have them. You know, like when they they did the first, huh? Well, I, I said, you mean like Lars, because I forgot he was even on the roster until he came back Friday. Right. I mean, until they released some of the people, like when they did the first release during COVID, there were some of those names. You're like, wow, I don't even know you're still employed. You know, but like, where's Jinder Mahal at? Injured. Still on the roster, but injured, according to what I'm reading. You know, you got Shinsuke and Cesaro tagging up. They have had been So, like break them up. That's two. That's an awesome match right there. Have them turn on each other. Imagine how hard hitting that that match would be. I completely agree with you, Rob. I think that there's key talents in the wrong spots. You've got guys like Cesaro and Shinsuke, which both of these guys have more, more than reached that, you know, elusive black, excuse me, brass ring. I, I think that the, and we all know it, it comes back to one guy whose finger is on the, on the one button that seems to work. Um, you know, and it's that same guy that just doesn't get it still. You know, now we go to, to round three where Rob's, Rob's identification earlier about the Usos in the main event spot. Ricochet stays on Raw. Who cares? What the hell has Ricochet done other than get the crap beat out of him by the Hurt Business? Nothing. Right. Somebody who you brought up that you showed promise, they pushed him early, and now he can't even hold a secondary title. Unless they're going to turn this whole hurt business thing, and he's going to take, he's going to be the one that takes on Lesnar or Lashley. Speaking of somebody I can't stand watching, but um, Lashley or Lesnar, both. Ah, okay. Just making sure we got it right. <laughs> I'm I'm with you on Lashley. He bores the hell out of me. I I don't see it. Like I don't see the. Yes, he's got brute strength, but great, you're strong. You know, like everybody else on the roster is strong. Do something different. Then again, he could be like Otis and carry around a lunchbox. So who knows? Uh, Mandy Rose. Yeah. Mandy Rose stays on Raw. Brian, you already talked about this one. What? Who cares? Like, she was just traded to Raw a, a week or two ago. Why is she mm-hmm. involved in this? Hence, negating the entire draft prospect because you're just going to move people when they want to enter. Well, that in. The, the whole idea of a draft is to shake things up, to quote the old man. Um, but it's just nothing's really getting shaken. If anything, it's just, uh, hey, we're going to squish you down into this box. We're going to squish you down into this box. It's really going to stay the same shape. It's just different contents. Mm-hmm. See, if you want to make a draft exciting for me, maybe you let the top two t- title holders hold their belts. But all the other lower belts get relinquished and it's like that night you have a, a battle royal whoever wins the first battle royal gets to be the u.s champ you know like and then so on and so forth you know it's just kind of that allure kind of like royal rumble like you never know who's going to come out next you know 
So Ray and Dominic go from Raw to SmackDown, essentially crushing any hopes of Seth Rollins doing something different. And the Miz and Morrison go to Raw. Yeah, but so now uh, Rollins can't be uh, the Monday night whatever Messiah. <laughs> Friday night Messiah just doesn't sound. He'll have to be the Friday night fornicator. I don't know. No, Lars yeah. already has got, that job. Oh snap! Bam! Busted. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. Round four, we've got interesting moves here with the newly reformed New Day. Well, not reformed, but returned New Day. As Xavier Woods comes back and Kofi Kingston come back all on the same night to challenge Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura for the SmackDown Tag Team Champions Championships. They win them, and then at the end of the match... We get to watch Big E cry, which was awkward to watch, and find out that the New Day, I'm sorry, no, Xavier Woods and Kofi are going to Raw. Big E stays on SmackDown. And even the look on Stephanie's face when she reads the pick was like, this isn't going to work, but I'm going to read it anyway. <laughs> Maybe the draft is their way of evaluating the writers, you know? Like, no. Powers of beat just sit there going, all right, this was stupid. You're fired. You're fired. No, because last year's was worse until we get to the, you know, last year's was the worst one yet until we get to this year, and this year is worse than last year's. And, and I'll lay money that they're going to reevaluate everything, and by a week from now, they're going to be like, well, we're going to, we're gonna we're gonna hold a supplemental draft and we're gonna make some changes because that's what they did last year. It'd be the invitational or the open the the open invitational to come over to whatever show you want. Yeah. Hence, <laughs> doing away with the brand split. Right. You know. Honestly, I thought that maybe what they would do would be when the draft was rumored and hinted and they talked it up and then they just get to Friday. They're like, you know what we're going to do? Screw it. We're not doing the draft or something like that. I just thought it wasn't going to happen. For some stupid reason, I just thought, nah, it's not going to work. They're just not going to do this. Hey, hey, pal, the draft's a good idea. Is he the one that came up with it? Oh, I'm sure. I don't see something this big. Taking place without his thumb all over it, or up it, or in it, or whatever. Now it's getting explosion. Yeah. So this screams of Vince McMahon. So we we talked about the new day. They're on Raw. Biggie's on SmackDown. Uh, Dana Brooke stays on Raw. Who saw this coming? What? Dana Brooke. Damn it. Because she was tagging with Mandy Rose. So, again, damn it. (laughs) I need a Dana on my Fridays. Now I'm confused. Uh, Otis stays on SmackDown. Uh, And? 
<laughs> but apparently they broke up heavy machinery. Were they really even still a tag team? Not, I wouldn't say think since Money in the Bank. Yeah. They were buddies. I mean, they hang out. Did they yeah. even tag together after Money in the Bank? Uh, I think a couple Once times, yeah. Huh. yeah. Wow. Uh, and Angel Garza stays on Raw. Thank God. We get to keep an injured guy on Raw. Thank you. No one cares. The Can names... we just tri- Go ahead. Can we draft him to the unemployment line? I mean, he's a talented guy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's talented as hell. So is Austin Theory, though. And they just, he fell to the wayside. He's back on NXT. Although I have a feeling it's more along the hashtag speaking out stuff that got Austin Theory in trouble. Uh, Let's see here. Umberto Carrillo, as of Saturday morning on Talking Smack, remains on Raw. Murphy moves to SmackDown. Drew Gulak, who for the past three weeks has been performing on Raw, has been officially moved to Raw. Kalisto stays on SmackDown. But Tucker, Tucker's on Raw. What the f- is Tucker going to do? <laughs> Beep. Like, what the? <laughs> Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Unless, unless they do what I've been thinking. So you know that Miz and Morrison have been trying to get the briefcase away from Otis. And they're suing him. And as of this past Friday, there was a continuance issued. Because I guess Miz's attorney had asked for it. What if... What if Tucker has a soft fold and Tucker is Miz's attorney and costs Otis the money in the break briefcase in litigation? Yeah, but how, so, how very 2020 of them. Uh, isn't Miz and Morrison on Raw now? Precisely. See, I... Lord have mercy. How do I say this politely? Um... That's about as foolish of a WWE storyline as they would put out. So I can see your point. Let's go for it. Let's have Tucker get the briefcase and give it to Miz and Morrison. Sorry, Stan. That's pure genius in the WWE booking. Well, what the hell is Otis going to do with it? Come on, man. It's all been fun in games now, but Otis, it's time to give it up, man. Just hand it off. You don't get to get pinned yep. for it. You just got to give it away. <laughs> but it's a new. It's it's the the tribal chief, right? Hey, so hey. Otis literally has no chance. <laughs> so you might as well just let him keep it and eventually try and cash it in and say WrestleMania, and then you can have Reigns hold the you know keep the title by beating Otis. Also, you don't want to see Otis call him the tribal chief. No, no, no. Um, Come on, could you see him doing the... You're the chief, man. You're the chief, Oos. Could you see Otis doing the whole dancing in the middle of the ring? Like, I want to be part of your tribe. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That might make for a funny segment. He comes out and starts doing the robot. I want to be part of the tribe. <laughs> <laughs> see, we can help their shows. At least for a show. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. 
Come on, but, Brian, yeah, get yeah. in the spirit. Just, you can do it, man. No, I, I am in the spirit. And congratulations to Elias, Shorty G, Mickey James, and the Lucha House Party for staying undrafted as of Saturday morning. I mean, it's Mickey James, though, buddy. She's going to go wherever she wants. She's Mickey James. Yes. Congratulations, though. I That's that's one way of, uh, you know, hopefully you'll be on the, the list maybe of being able to go wrestle someplace else. If you're Mickey James, then why do you go back? Why in the – would you go back? Rob, you got a thought on that? Why would Mickey James stay with WWE instead of going? Clearly, there's other places she could go. Well, I don't think her attention is with wrestling right now. I think wrestling is something she can go back and do and then make some money. And she's at that point in her career where she wants to focus on her music. And she's already established herself with WWE. So she could stay there, do the dates she wants to do the schedule she wants to do and then you know go do whatever else it's, if she goes to AEW or somewhere else it's kind of like she's got to start all over again yeah but she's Mickey James I don't I don't see her starting over I mean I think I'd just soon go back to Impact but I mean she just may, maybe a different a work schedule she doesn't want you know they may require more dates or whatever. And with WWE, she probably is making a little bit more money than she would if she went to Impact. And she probably doesn't have to work hardly anything. Yeah, I, I feel like with Mickey James, her concern would be that she's starting over. Even though you would think a super fan like Tony Khan would be very familiar with her work and would say, yeah, we've got a room, we got a spot for you. Yeah, but it, she, again, she, she would not be starting over. She is Mickey James, one of the best we've seen what, in the last 20 years. Well, I mean, I would say you're right. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would I say mean, you're right. I mean, you got to think about some of these other wrestlers, like different places they could be. Like, why did they go where they're at? You know, with her, it's probably just whatever. I get to go play wrestling for a little while, and I go back. You know. Well, I kind of, I can kind of see that because right now she's got, you know, Nick Aldis who is with the NWA. She's got her son. She's got music, and then, like Rob said, on, on the side when she has time, she's got wrestling. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I think clearly she loves it, but I think it's also that maybe she's just isn't like no one's opened her eyes necessarily to the. Hey, you could do this, this, and this, which seems odd, especially today. You know. So here we go with uh, superstars that are eligible. Wait, wait, wait. hold on, hold on. Go ahead. Are, are we still doing the show? I fell asleep with you two. You fell asleep. Wow. Yeah, you two and your little diatribe, or whatever it's called. It'll put me to sleep with this Mickey James talk. Don't 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 stress yourself with the big words, buddy. You're gonna put yourself to sleep even harder from brain strain. No, only by listening to you in the last ten minutes. But I did, I did, I said Tony Khan. <laughs> I threw a catchphrase in there. <laughs> so, 
so we'll finish up with the draft because clearly it was, you know, as Brian said, yay. It was overpowered. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to do it as Not as that as it matters anyway. <laughs> you think that's WWE now, the Eeyore of wrestling? Yeah, Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. I could see Vince just kind of going to his office. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do not that it matters call. anyway. <laughs> no, that's the writing room. That's what they, all the producers do. And then they go, all right, we're going in to meet with Vince. We got some ideas, dude. Not that it matters anyway. You guys, There's know- only- go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, well, so <laughs> there I was. <laughs> Asshole. I'm sorry. You're not sorry. Don't tell me you're sorry. That's it. Yeah, I'm not sorry. You're all fired. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm look. Sorry. Park I'm not on TV. sorry. <laughs> uh, trailer Park Tess is on TV. I mean, Bailey. Oof. Oof. Did you say Trailer Park Tessa? <laughs> the thoughts and opinions like of Rob Hefner are not that poor, of poor, radio show. Poor knockoff of Tessa Blanchard. PW247.com. Not saying anything about trailer parks. I am sorry. Not to offend the park while saying Bailey. Yeah, make sure. Yeah, I had nothing to do with that comment. (laughs) Let's see, Brian Taylor, Everett Dubois, Diego, (laughs) Stro, Max Morrison, or anyone else affiliated with PW247Radio.com. And back to you, Rob. And I'll think. Uh, all right, so, so the following superstars are eligible to be drafted on Monday. Everybody else. Let's, let's, I, I, I'm oh, there like, goes my list reading. Yeah, no. There, so there's 21 males, like 15 women. I mean, all the big names are left, uh, you know. If the bobbleheads don't know who didn't get drafted, then they should probably pay more attention and stop being bobbleheads. You know what I'd like to see? You remember a couple years ago when Heath Slater went undrafted? I want to see Braun Strowman do that role. <laughs> I want to see him get pissed off because nobody picks him. <laughs> and go through and just disrupt backstage just... areas. Not in the ring. Not even raw underground. Just backstage and catering. Let's just see him yep. beat up people in catering. <laughs> but speaking of Braun, I mean... How can you even get drafted when you take selfie pictures in the bathroom Ugh. and you leave the needle on the counter? What a buffoon. <laughs> what an absolute buffoon. Look, I'm, congratulations. You're built like a brick shit house, Braun Strowman. Great. You're also clearly injecting something into your body. But Stan, but Stan, it's not mine. Right, right. We've never heard that before. <laughs> Because I don't think you had this body pre-COVID. So, <laughs> well, I mean, he's on lockdown. It's not like they can come to his house and <laughs> and test him. And uh, test him. <laughs> hey, they'll never come around for six months. Let me let me do a cycle or two. I wonder if this is how Scotty Steiner felt. <laughs> Big pop, pop. Uh oh! If he gets a Steiner math promo, he got steroid abuse confirmed. <laughs> Hey, I will ask this. We've we've covered the draft. I think that the draft has already beat the shit. We can probably leave that alone. <clears throat> Retribution has this mini feud going on with the Hurt Business. 
At least that's how it's been played out on Mondays. Until this past Monday when we find out that Mustafa Ali is... <gasps> who didn't see this coming? Actually, I didn't. I was <laughs> They had buried the hacker angle. So I was like, well, damn. I guess Ali's just in the clear. But as it turns out, Monday night, Ali comes down to the ring, making it look like he's going to side with the Hurt Business to fend off the, the villainous retribution. And then he doesn't. And he says in a very not intimidating way, get him. I, I can't in his hacker he voice. Yeah, I mean, he, how- he tried to get all gravelly on it. Like, get him. But it was more like, get him. Get him, guys. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, but so wasn't the the hacker, if I remember right, was part of the like early Retribution stuff, right? Yes, yeah. That was when Retribution didn't have a name. They were just kind of beating people up. And then, like, the hacker thing lasted, and, and that's where we saw that Sonya Deville and, and Dolph Ziggler tricked Mandy. Mm-hmm. That's where we, that's kind of where we saw it last. And then Retribution started a few weeks later. But didn't they do, like, early on, the hacker, like, the angle where it had Ali's circle of lights in the yeah, screen? Definitely did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and didn't, I mean, didn't the hacker get the video of them smashing the generator or something? It definitely came off that way. I don't know if they if they did the full hacker thing, but it definitely came off like that. Yay! That doesn't make him excited. That's it. I quit. Nothing in wrestling matters anymore. We can't get Brian excited about WWE. No, no, nothing in sports entertainment. Let's let's make a difference here. Let's it's put the sports. line in the sand. It, it's all sports entertainment, bro. It's all sports. Entertainment. No, it's not. Don't you dare. <laughs> yeah, no, they all follow the same umbrella. Don't you dare. No, they don't. Mm-mm. When it comes to taxes and licensing, mm. yeah, they do. <laughs> I bet you wouldn't go tell uh, uh, Minoru Suzuki that. Who? That he's... Uh, oh, New Japan guy. Z- yeah. The crazy one that likes to smack people for real. I don't know. I I wonder sometimes how they view that. Like, if you were to go up to them and say, hey, you guys are doing amazing in sports entertainment, how do you feel about that? Like, as far as if you position a question like that versus... You know, if, if you were some snarky fan going, you're just in sports entertainment. You know what I mean? Uh, I still think you get smacked, kind of like Dave Schultz smacked uh, the one guy. Does that feel fake to you? Yeah. Does, yeah does, <laughs> does that feel like sports entertainment to you as as stands crumpled on the on the floor? Are you not entertained? <laughs> uh, I think, I honestly, I don't, I I would be shocked if if you talk to a wrestling fan over in Japan and they even use the term sports entertainment. I think they're they're completely different breed. Same thing with uh, audiences down in uh, South America. They're different. They look at it different. They view it different. So I don't know, man. I. I, I, I I, I don't see it like that. I get it. I hear you. You're probably right. I don't have any reason to disagree. I just, I, I look at it and I'm like, nah, it's all under the same umbrella. It's just a big-ass umbrella. That's just, yeah, but that, that, that's how I think. 
It doesn't make it the same thing. <laughs> so. Well, of course not. I mean, it's like saying a luchador is the same as I, I a, uh, be, an MMA even, fighter. I wouldn't even put Impact under the sports entertainment umbrella. Really? Wow. Really? Because they do wrestling better <laughs> than WWE. Oh, I'm not saying that WWE is the end-all, be-all of wrestling. No, I'm that not either. The case. <laughs> we know that, Brian. I'm not either. We know. <laughs> That's abundantly yeah. clear. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the hacker, Brian, we know from the beginning. <laughs> well, no, Spoiler apparently alert. not all of us, because one of us just got fooled by last Monday, I think. Well, you know what, though? Because, like, I had actually <laughs> it's forgotten about Short-term that. memory. I'm like, who's this guy? What's he doing? Wait, what? Why is he? Oh, damn it, Vince. Damn it. <laughs> I, I did the classic JR. That son of a bitch. <laughs> An angle he should have seen coming. No, literally. It, like, it, it should have been ran over in him. the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it ran over you like a train. <laughs> but hey, when in doubt, Brian, the tribal chief, will he will save us. Yeah, I'm sure he will. And with, with the advent of that roster, good luck to him. Yeah, that's going to be a tough sell. Once he gets past Jimmy and Jay, because I assume that this leads to Jimmy, right? Uh, well, Jimmy's Jay, out. Jimmy's Jay injured. Can't beat him. Jimmy, oh, Jimmy's yeah. injured? Yeah, Jimmy's injured. Okay, so maybe this ends at Hell in the Cell. All right, so now you've got Jay, who's now sided with Roman, because if you haven't seen that writing on the wall, then you need help. Um, mm-hmm. But isn't this like a I quit match or something in Hell in a Cell? Yeah, yeah. Isn't there another stipulation to it? It's an I quit match. I don't think it's taking place in the cell. In the cell. Oh, I thought it was. No, I don't think so. That would be comical. <laughs> that would be like um, the Bray Wyatt Seth Rollins match that ended by DQ in Hell in the Cell. Comical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before we they get can to, do it, they can do it. Before we get the dynamite, um, because I know we're gonna end up gonna, we're gonna talk about the dog collar match, and I definitely do want to talk about it. A couple things I wanted to to run past you guys. So we've been joking about Lars Sullivan, <laughs> and everybody's probably saying, "What the hell? What did this guy ever do to you?" Well, nothing, thank God. But there is a story that we will go ahead and just officially roll out here. Lars Sullivan goes on this uh, young lady's workout slash OnlyFans type. Instagram page and comments, wow, you look amazing on the surface. Not a bad comment, but then follows it up with a very, very tactful and just sincere. You got any booty pics in there? What the? (laughs) And somebody in our C2C chat, I can't remember if it was Sonny or Richard. One of them says, you know, it's like he's blatantly trying to see, you know, go out there and say, see, I like girls, which stupid move. By the way, Triple H happens to uh, apparently like the bashing that's going on on Lars Sullivan. Well, at least he likes it on Twitter. <laughs> so somebody retweeted a picture of Lars as Mitch Bennett and uh, whoever he was standing next to during his adult film foray. And uh, apparently Triple H liked it on Twitter. He thought it was funny. Lars is not going to catch a break. I just don't see it happening. I think he's going to be... Almost like Nathan Jones, like he's just going to get run out of town before he re- really ever hits the ground running. He's had what's this his fourth return? Maybe fifth. Who cares? Uh, and then the other thing that I found was 
this one that and this this just broke uh, a little bit earlier today as well. Scott Hall apparently doing virtual meet and greets seems to be the routine now to do like a virtual autograph signing kind of thing. But uh, apparently was in not in proper condition to to complete it. Um, it was supposed to be a four hour session with multiple fans that had already paid. It got about halfway through and they shut it off. They said they were concerned for his condition and in an effort to do what's right for Scott, that's what they did. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him if um, he's not in a condition, whether it's virtual or in person. Sometimes you just got to shut it down. Hopefully, this is just a hiccup along the way, because we know that the, the battle as far as our alcoholism is, is awful. Um, and hopefully, Scott you know recovers fine and, and is able to move forward, but... It's not not a good deal for him, and I, I I hate to see it happen. I'm sure fans that were involved with the signing were pretty disappointed too. Oh, I would. It's kind of like if you go to Maryland to see. Don't you do it! Don't you dare! A certain sh- showstopper. Son of a bitch! And uh, uh, you know he's got to get across town. You know, uh, you it know. just doesn't. It doesn't help. The, the scab being ripped off of my arm, you know, it doesn't help. The hole in my soul would have been filled by meeting HBK in person. So every time we bring it up, do you like to uh, cuddle your HBK uh, teddy bear that I know you have somewhere? No. No, I don't. And if I did, you couldn't prove it. Rob, you mm-hmm. buying this? No. Yeah, me neither. I think he cuddles. With that stupid bear too much. I don't know what you're talking about. The heartbreak hey, bear lays down for nobody. Do Do you ever take it and sit it at your table and then wait long to get its autograph? <laughs> Only if I could super kick it out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. But the problem the is his bear's looking in two different directions. Oh! oh. <laughs> Suffering from that Robert Could, could you see him? Could you see him, Rob, on the weekend? He's got all the kids lined up, the misses lined up, and there he is waiting with bated breath in the back of the line, and then the bear disappears right as he gets up to it, and he gets scorned again by the bear. What the hell? That's it. Yeah. All my and then his wife turns around friends. and says, that'll be another $25 for another meet and greet, sir. <laughs> this time it's going to work. <laughs> That's so funny. Curse you, MCW. Curse you. Sorry. There have been three Hell in a Cell matches announced. Bailey, Sasha, Hell in a Cell. Drew versus Orton, Hell in a Cell. Stop the madness right now. Please, God, no madness. Reigns versus Uso. Hell in a Cell, I quit. So I really feel sorry for Jay. Hey, Jay, um, you did such a great job at uh, Clash of Champions. No, really, phenomenal. Here's what we're going to do. Picture this. You're in the main event again. Hell in the cell. (laughs) All right, Us, that's great. Who am I facing? Uh, You're going run-on-one with Roman Reigns again. Son of a bitch. (laughs) And some videotape you want to study for your match is we want want you to go to the network and look up the lawn dart incident with Rage Mysterio. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> that's what he's going to do to you for 15 minutes straight until you call him Tribal Chief. 
<laughs> I mean, the the thing about it is with Roman turning heel now versus four years ago, um, you've got the Usos, you got Big E, you got a one-legged Jeff Hardy, and a Matt Riddle that's clearly going to be on his way out if this lawsuit keeps going. Who the hell else do you got? Seth Rollins? Because we've never seen that match before. Um, who else? Mm. Not a lot to pick from. Yeah, that's a that's a tough deal. And what? Let me get this right because I'm guessing here. I'm stabbing in the dark. I've seen no reports from anyone about this, but it's going to lead up to the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania where Lesnar comes back, the hero, to dethrone the Tribal Chief. Oh, you know. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> you heard it here first. And it may actually, yeah. we may actually be first on that. No. No, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are, you know, because you should have seen that one, like, Lesnar is, like, gone, but not really out of contract. Yeah. So, I mean, he is, but he's not. So... Because I don't really, has he even uh, done anything UFC wise? No, no, he well he can't get approved. Ever since his last test that he that he took that tested dirty, <clears throat> Brock hasn't been able to get approved to come back. Wow, kind of like John Jones, yeah. he just can't seem to get clean, which is sad. I mean, it, it makes you wonder though because if Brock Lesnar is on some kind of. Uh, a drug that would mean clearly he hasn't been tested with WWE those that entire time. Now, granted, this was years ago that he was last tested that I'm aware of for UFC, and that's if UFC isn't already a work because I don't buy that crap. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, Dana White right now is throwing books. God damn it! There's a fan in Virginia. He hates us. I, I don't, actually. I, I think UFC is, is great entertainment. Sports entertainment. <laughs> There's okay. that word again. <laughs> I feel like, uh, what's that dude from uh, Southpaw? Mr. McElroy. Is <laughs> <laughs> going to buy it all. No, okay. Uh, so 30 years of Jericho this past Wednesday night. Um Dynamite was actually not a bad show. There was a couple pieces that had me scratching my head, but for the most part, pretty solid, solid venture. And uh, we we last week got a reprieve of Jim Ross's comedy. Thank God. We got to step away from it. But this week, Brian, Jim Ross, by God, was back with all the comedy goodness that is that Oklahoma Sooner. Ugh. Why? Just why? Um, somebody's got to do it. You got Excalibur, you got Taz, and you got Tony. Yeah, Shawn. no, yeah, but but Excalibur is like the tactician. You know what I'm saying? Like he's the encyclopedia. You can't have him do it. He knows everything. I mean, crap. He even knows. All the like foreign language moves, names no for the moves. Suicida. 
<laughs> You're welcome. Uh, uh, Tony can't do it. He's more the straight guy, right. the, the the straight uh, commentator. Yeah. If Jericho's not there, Jericho's got to be the comedy guy. That's such a sad, sad realization. You know what they should do? They should get him to screen puppies, and then when the camera pans to him, he's holding puppies. Oh, my God. Please, no. By God, that's puppies. Please, God, no. (laughs) So I'm starting to see on Twitter, and, you know, it's only a matter of time before people, because they did this to Bischoff when he was successful, people start, you know, talking about, the guy in charge. And Tony Khan now has be, been getting referred to as superfan Tony Khan. Basically based off of his booking style. I'll say this. While Tony Khan can sure as hell prove that he's a superfan, because he definitely will in an interview, give him a chance to. Um, his super fandom right now is kind of outshining everything else on TV. So maybe the super fan might be the right way to go. <laughs> so what were the ratings for this week? Uh, so that's an interesting... 900 and something? Uh, no. No, 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 no. Or I don't did I read it wrong? I don't think they hit 900 this week because of all the stuff that was going on. But the, the notable part of this week's ratings wasn't necessarily what AEW hit or didn't hit. It was that NXT didn't rank. Which, by uh, the way, so, NXT was, yet again, good wrestling. Really, really solid wrestling. Dynamite was 753. Mm-hmm. Yep. And NXT was 639. But again, they were going against the vice president debate, and NXT did not make the top 50. Wow. Oh, to be a fly on the wall for that one. <laughs> yeah, no. Not, not funny. Enough of the fly jokes. Sorry. It's done. Anyway, back to wrestling. Yeah, but so as far as like Tony Khan being a super fan, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure at one time Vince was a super fan. Bischoff was a super fan. You know, all all of them when they first start out are super fans because, I mean, it. What was that? Did you hit a button? It wasn't you me. trying to edit me? It wasn't me, oh. dog. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? If I have 10 or $100 million, I'm going to dump into a wrestling company from scratch. I'm a super fan because I believe in the product. I'm not just going to dump $100 million on a whim if I'm not a fan of what I'm dumping it into. Right, right. Well, and that was what honestly made Eric Bischoff who he was. If you really think about mm-hmm. it, WCW's success, their ability to to really topple the mountain that was WWF at the time, was based off of the fact that Eric Bischoff went in there and had a blind belief that he was the best. And the reason I say a blind belief, it means he wasn't looking at anybody that wanted to be detractors. He was just tunnel vision. We're going this way. Whether anybody else wants to go, fine. We're headed this way. And that's what he right. did. And that's why it worked. Right. And I, I'm telling you, even to some extent, Vince McMahon 
when the idea was pitched to him about going out there and becoming, you know, the evil Vince. And Vince probably sat back and said, hmm, that's genius. Well, in that moment, he's a super fan because he's taking that chance of going out there and now becoming talent at the ripe old age or whatever he was, 60-something, 50-something. Mm, yeah, late, for, late 40s, early 50s, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, again, what business owner that is on the on, is working towards a billion-dollar company is going to be like, yeah, I can do this. I'm 50 years old. I can go out there and be talent. No, because there's a, Jerry Jones there's a sure little... Doesn't. Yeah, but in Vince's mind, that little light flickers on, and he gets to re- he gets to live that wish he's always had. Oh, now I get to be talent! Yay! That's super fan, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, but it is. So Why we- are we quiet? You were you were still you were still talking. I was letting you run, man. No, I stopped. I you were stopped. running with the ball. I didn't want to trip you up. <laughs> You're killing me. Where's Rob at? I want to hear Rob's voice. So soothing. Oh, Rob, don't do this to me. <laughs> that was an awkward silence. <laughs> Rob is so mean. So with thirty years of Jericho, we've got. The FTW Championship on the line. Will Hobbs versus Brian Cage. Admittedly and sadly, I actually missed this contest, but I understand that Will Hobbs had yet another outstanding showing. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good, especially against Cage. Uh, um, I don't think uh, I don't think we've seen a bad match yet out of him. Even the stuff on Dark. So hopefully they'll sign him and he'll be in the future something to watch. Cause he's a big guy. Big. So what we did get a chance to see was Will Hobbs getting an offer to join Team Taz at the end of that matchup. Uh, and he says, you could choose option A which is joining Team Taz or Option B, which, if you refuse Option A, is going to be the turning down the invitation and getting a free ass whipping from Brian Cage and Ricky Starks right here and now. Option A. Option A or Option B down. Ooh, Option B down. You know what? That's Rob, you need to patent that right now because in this day and age, it's, gone, it's on TV next week, I'm telling you. Oh, if they pull that one out of their butts, we know full well somebody's listening. There will be no denying it if they pull Rob's operation beat down. <laughs> so it, uh, as it happens, though, Will Hobbs does take option C, which is see you later, as in he ain't joining Team Taz and he ain't taking a beat down. As Darby Allen comes to the rescue, the skateboarding badass. Very well done, WrestlingHeadlines.com. I like the way you wrote that. <laughs> Skateboarding badass just rolls right off the tongue. Anyway, Darby Allen makes the save. <laughs> it is a little odd to see a guy that's like 120 pounds soaking wet <laughs> be called a skateboarding badass. 
Jesus. Well, is he? I mean, I guess he could be a badass. He does a coffin drop. He had one of the best matches of the year with him and Ricky Starks. So say what you want about everything else. His match with Ricky Starks was amazing. All right. Uh, then we get videos about the demo god. We get our first potential hint at something looming on the horizon for AEW as New Japan Pro Wrestling superstar Tanahashi congratulates Chris Jericho on 30 years. Brian, tell me you jumped off your couch when you saw Tanahashi on AEW TV. Mm, not really. Um, I mean, I, I hope that it happens. We've talked about it, but I didn't get that feel uh, from that little uh, clip. Um, I, I just, I, it didn't even cross my mind uh, when he popped up. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, I was full on expecting you to go into the AEW in New Japan yeah. Supercard. I... Damn. That's... Well, Rob, that's the nah, show, buddy. I mean, but... We had we had at least ninety minutes booked up for that. I was thinking that's where Brian was going. Yeah. Wait. Uh, I mean, Rob, that segment. <laughs> I, I mean, what? I I didn't prime that segment. You asked me. I didn't. I didn't think about it. Dan, I mean, there's Dan wrapped it up in a bow. I really, I gift wrapped it. I figured this is the segment. This is Brian's golden moment. All right. Well, here for what? I know I, you're I mean, saving it. I so, know you're saving it. But it's it's point, almost point, like point you're now. on the pitcher's mound. I'm at the I'm at the batter's box. Right. And right. you turn around and you throw the ball to out outfield. You know what I'm saying? Like you your your delivery is so screwed up, you just kind of sling it behind you. Oh, uh, okay. All right. That's fine. Well, let's I, see if you can handle I mean, the old number one. <laughs> yeah, you should have done more like, hey, what are your thoughts on the president or whatever of New Japan get replaced? You know, by somebody that has a little bit better relationship with these guys. Hmm. You know, but, you know. Hey, hey after we're done, Brian. after we're done, <laughs> we can talk. I'll give you some pointers on how to. I appreciate to, that, to man. So. To, to pitch the fastball. This this is the you know the the magnanimous Brian Taylor who is willing to give to give out of his kind heart to his fans and his friends if we're lucky enough to be both. By God, thank you, Brian. Saved us. Again. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not giving this to the fans. Just you. Oh my we God. We can talk later. Ah, oh, you're the privately, best. so so nobody needs to know. You know. <laughs> Now this seems awkward. <laughs> It'll be our secret. Wait, what? <laughs> It'll be our secret. Yeah. If you call right now, you'll get an eight by ten photo of the <laughs> professor himself, and you will re- actually receive a just blank piece of photo paper. <laughs> a commissioned. I mean, it's almost like you threw the ball and it rolled out the back of your hand or something. You know, like you, know, you balked it. You uh... balked. The plate, you wow. balked it, Damn. and I've only ever seen one of those in 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 baseball that I that I've watched. You've you know only ever saying? seen one. So this, yeah, I've only ever seen one that I, I guess paid attention to. So, I was going to say yeah, there's a so, lot that happens, but okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I, yeah, but I normally only watch like the Nats, and it's not every game. So. so let me ask you: Is it possible that somebody paid for some of these videos for Jericho? Who knows? I mean, Jericho probably knows these people, though. Even, yeah, I think somebody, even, somebody like Jericho has an has a has a video library of their own, you know, and it's not like they have to go that far to find a lot of stuff. Does that make sense? Sure, sure, it does. I mean. And also, it depends on how much of, of certain things you show, because then, you know, it's just like music. You're allowed to play certain minutes of music without having to worry about trademark. Maybe you're allowed to show a little bit of this or that without having to worry about, you know. Well, they were cutting a few of them off. Yeah. Um, like the ones with Gene Simmons. And I forget who followed them, but there were like three in a row. They just were like. Hey, Jared. And then they get cut off. Well, I can tell you why Gene Simmons got cut off. And that's the reason I'm glad you brought him up first, because that's the one. That's the reason I asked. So Gene Simmons says, hey, congratulations, Chris Jericho. 30 years of being on your hands and knees. Just (laughs) Gene, Mr. Simmons, sir, esteemed member of rock and roll history. Please tell me, you know, that Chris Jericho is actually a professional wrestler and not a collegiate. Or that's please a tell cameo. Me. They're going to have to ask for their money back. <laughs> or please tell me that's the best rib in the history of pro wrestling because to have that air on national television worldwide, I was like, oh, wow, that's that's priceless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess some of them could have been paid, but, again, I would think Jericho by now would know a lot of these people. Well, and uh, honestly, part of me thought maybe Gene Simmons was just kind of, kind of ribbing him, kind of messing with him, because he they might have been. He said he's met Gene and Paul, uh, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. <clears throat> so, I don't know. I just I thought that one stood out. All right. I'm just glad. I'm just glad I got my birthday shout out from Goldberg before Cameo was around. Because that would have cost you money, Stan. You're world famous, and it cost me nothing. (laughs) (laughs) AEW Tag Team Championship match. I refuse to call this by what they're calling it. Because I am not a thief. The hybrid, TH2, taking on FTR for the AEW Tag Team Championship. Um... Okay, so there's two different looks I have on this match. First off, the pacing of this match seemed off. It just seemed like the... uh, We keep saying it because I think it's still happening. The heat really seemed like it sucked it out of these guys. But when they had a chance to slow down and relax, this match kind of picked up the pace a little bit and started to really have some great near falls. I am getting tired of seeing everybody kick out of certain things, like, you know moves that should be finishes like everybody kicks out of a pile driver in ddt now that's apparently nothing super kicks nothing um but we see we see some real nice uh just just interaction with them and then we see uh the young bucks who apparently couldn't figure out who they were going to super kick by the end of this so they kicked the cameraman 
So for me, I think that stole the segment right at the very end where the Young Bucks kick a cameraman. Mm-hmm. Well, they've kicked everybody else. That is true. Uh-uh-uh. That scene out of, that scene out of Days of Thunder. I want you to go out there and hit the pace call. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't kicked Khan yet. Well, you don't kick the man who writes a check. Oh, give him time. I'm I'm sure saying, that, that would that would then cross the line, which Brian was talking about earlier. Then Khan would be a performer and not just, you know, the man behind the curtain. Oh, I think Khan's itching. I think he's itching for an opportunity. And the first chance he gets, the best chance he gets would be with the Bucks. And then we'll find out he's some kind of a crazy-ass savant in the ring, which would be just ridiculous. He gets up, first thing he does is a Hurricane Rana. <laughs> right. The Con Rana. The Con Rana. I can hear Jim Ross now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, don't put it past him. Uh, Somebody's lab will be training him. The Con Destroyer. I mean, when, when you have as much money as he does and you own a company, therefore have rings, why wouldn't you? Or, I don't know, do we finally get that awesome moment on wrestling television where we finally see somebody grab the mic and go, Con! I mean, come on. It's got to happen. It's got to be done. <laughs> no, you're going to see You're gonna see them have some Vince McMahon knockoff waddle down to the ring, and then he's going to be like, I'm Vince Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> I don't think – I don't think they will – they like to poke the bear a little bit, but I don't think they'll ever go that far into a parody. I just don't see them doing that. Well, because it worked so well the last time, you know. Well, that's true. With the Nacho Man. and <laughs> WCW was willing to go to court for it, so hey. Uh, let's see. Shaquille O'Neal, MJF, does a, a, a video tribute to Chris Jericho. Um is MJF being groomed here for a major face turn? Is that what we're getting ready to see? Mm, I think I it'll be that. Jericho. You think it'll be Jericho? Mm-hmm. MJF's going to turn on Jericho. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's MJF and the inner circle that turn on Jericho. And they kick him out. Yep. Like the WWE, yeah. you know, like four horsemen used to after a while. Like you need to go play Fozzie for a little bit. Okay, that actually could be cool. And how how did you get beat? No, I met met MJF in charge of the inner circle. Yeah, I I mean, the way that they interact with each other, it's almost like something's about to happen. Um, so I think it's, I think they do need like a big time face, like what Jericho could give them. So maybe, maybe it's what we need right now is evil MJF, good Chris Jericho. Does he own all of his different catchphrases? The Ayatollah of rock and roller? The Paragon of Virtue. Um, I can't think of them all. I'm clearly drawing blanks here. The Painmaker. There we go. Um, 
Les Champion, does he own those? Couldn't tell you, but if there's one guy that would, it would be Jericho. Mr. Jericho, if you'd like to reach out to me on Twitter, my DMs are always open, sir. You know, I'm happy to answer your questions. Um, but yeah, if you own those, I'd really like to know. Okay, I think we've I think we've beat around the bush way long enough, don't you? I think it's time we finally talk about the match that was definitely what everybody went to see this past week on Dynamite. And that is the dog collar match that um, shocked me as far as result, but pleasantly surprised me with how good it was above and beyond what I thought it would be. I thought it was awesome. I didn't think it, it didn't end the way I thought it was going to end. Same. You know? And then Brian's favorite wrestler came out at the end. No, John Silver was there the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, come on, man. This is, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the best matches AEW has had yet. What, what did you think? It's a dog collar match. What? The first dog collar match in prime time. It's just a dog collar match. You know, nothing to it. Nothing to it, huh? It's it's sure yeah. no it's sure no WWE draft. I'll tell you that. Huh. Good luck topping that. Yeah. I mean, what did you think, honestly? What did you think? No, seriously, I thought this dog collar match was exactly what you prescribed. Um, gosh, last week it was bloody. It was violent. It had some great high spots in it. There was some comedy to it. If you watch Being the Elite, there was some great comedy to it. If you don't watch it, then maybe you were confused as to why John Silver was getting the crap knocked out of him at every twist and turn. Um, and it, frankly, the the references, for example, to uh, Greg Valentine and Roddy Piper and then having Valentine in the crowd was a great reminder. And I wonder how many fans, because it has been a, a pretty considerable amount of time since that match actually took place. I wonder how many fans actually looked it up and took the time to watch it. The original? Yeah. Mm. That's a good question. I wonder if it uh, picked up any any uh, traffic on the WWE Network. Who knows? Hard to say. You go you find Google? out that Khan is a part owner in the network. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. He's a pretty smart dude. When you look up dog collar match on Google, okay? When you I just, looked up. All I saw was the roof. Yeah, oh, very good. When you go to Google and type dog collar matches, the first match for it, pardon the pun, is actually the Jericho Roddy Piper Jericho, Jesus. Greg Valentine, Roddy Piper, <laughs> dog collar match. Um, how exact? How old exactly is Chris Jericho? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, 1980 what? 83. 83? Yeah. Yeah, that was the first Starcade, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, he didn't have any teeth back then, so it was good. <laughs> he was still learning how to crawl. To, you know. Damn it. Ah, that's not going away anytime soon. Um, I mean, it, there's a reason that people refer to this matchup any other time something like this takes place. And dog collar matches haven't necessarily taken place a lot. Um, like I said, I, I went ahead and pulled it up on Google, and there was there was a Jericho and Perry Saturn dog collar match in 1990. We're in ECW? WCW. WCW? Yep. Well. Of course, there wow. was... Wow, I don't remember Roman that. Reigns. I wouldn't call that a dog collar match. Honestly, I kind of forgot about that, but I thought of it more as a chain match from what I remember of it. Yeah. Um... But no, this one this one had the right mix. I think this one had what would draw an old school fan to it. It had what would draw um, a fan if you're only a fan of high spots. It had enough high spots to keep your interest. Um, it had the blood and guts to it. It had, like I said, a little bit of comedy with what would happen to John Silver. And isn't he just like the perfect punching bag for like everybody? I mean, thankfully, the you know the Dark Order didn't interfere, but so much because that would have just made this match to me it would have been a bit a bit much. But the Dark Order. I still say Evil Uno might be one of the best in the Dark Order. Just putting it out there. That one's for you, Sonny. But in in a uh, in in honestly a surprise, Cody wins back the TNT title. Uh, by clean pinfall, which, again, very, very surprised to see this happen. Um, but we do get a chance to see what could be another match of the year kind of candidate between Orange Cassidy and Cody this coming this coming Wednesday. Now, uh, for the record, I should just let you know that uh, I just wanted to hear the praise coming from um, coming from you two okay. on this match. I appreciate that. Um, I like the excitement and enthusiasm from some reformed WWE guys. <laughs> Here we go. Um, I get, all right, we had this coming. I mean, okay. right I, know, I told we you, gotta I go. told you Bye. it was going to happen. I was going to make some bobblehead match. So I'm glad you, you two are in the reform category, you know. <laughs> Uh, but I thought it was great. I thought it was a really good match. They did it well. I, I don't, I don't recall too many, uh, screw ups. You know what I'm saying? It all made sense. There, there didn't seem like there was really any kind of miscues at all. These two have great chemistry in the ring. And honestly, cause you know, they'll mix it up again. The next match between them, I look forward to Oh, I do too, and uh, I would imagine the, the the title change is probably because Cody's back from filming whatever he was filming. Because remember that TNT title isn't it supposed to be every show or something? Right, right, yeah, every Wednesday. Right, so you can't have him gone for what a month, three, four weeks, whatever it is, with that title just sitting around. 
got to be defended. So have we seen the last of Brody Lee versus Cody, at least right now? No. Mm-mm. I think no, Cassidy's going to be a tease, and then Brody Lee's going to come back. Yeah. I mean, I can honestly see um, uh, that this ends in, again, the, the cage that we know they have. Um, you know, if Cody doesn't go horseman, he's got a group of his own. Uh, QT Marshall and his brother, Scorpio Sky. Excuse me, I'm sure I'm missing one or two, but against the Dark Order in a cage. Now, Sounds like magic. I didn't see it. Like I said, I, I didn't catch the, the very beginning of Dynamite, so I missed Will Hobbs, and I caught most of the FTR tag match. Did Sean Spears have a cameo beforehand? I don't, I don't remember seeing him this week. Okay. I think they just came out to uh, their music. What do you think of uh, yeah. AEW's ring music? Uh, Mikey Ruckus is the gentleman behind the mastermind of AEW's music choice and most of their wrestling themes. What do you think of him? What do you think of his work? Do they all have it? Uh, everybody but Jericho and Cody, because Cody has um, Kingdom by uh, I don't remember the name of the group. Damn it! And um, Jericho, of course, has Fozzie's Judas. But I mean, you, you look at like Best Friends, um, FTR, SCU's music. Um, who else? Who else? MJF. Of course, Sean Spears. Um, damn it. I feel like I'm forgetting people. Of course, uh, Brody Lee, the Dark Order. I mean, literally everybody but Jericho and Cody is what this guy has, has put together. With short periods of time, too. I mean, he put together Matt Hardy's music. He put together um, you know, their their videos as well, their, their titantrons. Ah. Uh-huh. I, I think it's it's a lot of it's really short compared because of the arena they're in. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a pretty quick walk to the ring. Um, so I don't think you get to hear it, but so much. It's not like you get to hear you know the whole uh, the whole thing like when they're walking in an actual arena. But I have no problem with them. Alex. I would like to see some pyro, though. Pyro. You've got pyro for select people. Cody has some. Um, Jericho has some now. Doesn't FTR have some now? Don't think so. No gimmicks with them, remember? That's right. No flips, just fists. That's right. Downstate, by the way. Downstate is the group that, that gives Cody Rhodes his ring song, Kingdom. Wrestling has I, only one royal family. I mean, you mean you remember back in the 80s, Jimmy Hart was behind most of the other poppy, you know, music. You know, ring music, the wrestlers and stuff. So, I mean, it's not 
uncommon for one person to be kind of the master of the the keys, shall we say? Well, you remember um, Jim Johnston, of course, the guy behind the Ultimate Warriors theme, the Heart Foundation, Vader, and was it? I think it was Beyond the Mat where we see how he puts together their themes, and he talks about how Vader is kind of a big plotting monster of a man, and so he's you know hitting the guitar riff for his theme. He's kind of doing his his version of Vig Van Vader's walk, which was funny. I remember that. Um, old school fans can look that up. I believe Beyond the Mat is still available on Netflix, actually. Yeah. Or maybe it's Amazon. I don't know. I mean, the devil's advocate of it is you'd also want to be careful because you wouldn't want at some point for all the ring music to be one dimensional. Does that make sense? Like, Definitely. You wouldn't want it all to kind of start running together. Not saying it would happen. I'm just saying that's something you kind of risk when you have one guy in charge. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of room for um, interpretation when it comes to music. And I think with what we've seen with AEW is that they're not afraid to take some chances and see how it stands out. MJF has gone through now two different entrance themes, which is hard to believe because, you know, this past, yeah, this past Wednesday was 30 years of Jericho. This coming Wednesday is actually a full year for AEW. It's amazing. It's gone by this quickly. Time flies when you're having fun. Imagine what it would be like when AEW decides if they decide to do house shows. I think they would do house shows if it hadn't been for COVID. They'd be doing select house shows, you know? Right. I think that they would do... I honestly think they would do very well with house shows. I think people would pay to see it. Um, You know, I don't know that I can estimate an audience size, but if they're going to arenas like John Paul Jones and... uh, Patriot Center is called something else now. I think it's the Eagle One Arena. I think they'd probably not have have trouble selling those out. No, I mean I think, and if you looked at what they were the, the places they were doing shows before this all started, they were hitting the older arenas, the uh, the smaller, you know, the smaller demographics, kind of like back to the roots of wrestling. When you know, because I mean, we all know in. For wrestling in Virginia, you hit either Richmond. It's usually the cycle is like D.C., Richmond, Norfolk, and you're gone, right? Right. Um, Sometimes they'll hit, you know, back when it was WCW, WWE would hit D.C., WCW would be at George Mason at the Eagle One Arena. Yep. You know, WWE would hit Richmond. WCW would be like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to be in Roanoke. You know, so it's kind of those things. God, for like four or five years, Roanoke or, yeah, Roanoke Civic Center seemed like they had the agreement with WCW for Fall Brawl, remember? Mm-hmm. Well, and you also remember for, what, four years we went to Starcade at the oh, MCI DC. Center. Yep. Horizon Center, whatever it's called now. I think if I ever was a millionaire, I'd put naming rights on a stadium and call it Fill and Name Here Arena. 
just because they'd have to say it. Welcome to the fill in the blank arena. (laughs) Yeah. Fill fill in the blank or Rob is awesome arena. You know, like (laughs) the condom. (laughs) Brian, what do you think? Spectrum. I like that sound. Damn it. I got to be a billionaire. Brian, what do you think? AEW, if we ever get back to house shows, which could be, um, supposedly they're saying that uh, by January, they may actually be able to start talking vaccine for COVID. So if we're looking in the crystal ball, I mean, it went by quickly. AEW is coming up on their anniversary show this coming Wednesday. I mean, how well do you think AEW would do house show-wise? What do you mean by, like, the show on Saturday type house show? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, they they go to Eagle One Arena. Like, they go to Mason. They go to JPJ. Do you think they'd sell it out? Uh, I mean, I think the house show is, is kind of going by the wayside. Uh, I think if you put Dynamite in front of it or Dark in front of it, I think they clearly sell it out. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, I mean, the WWE was kind of even getting out of the house show business. Um, but I, I I, honestly think that AEW can get pretty close to selling out whatever arena they go to. Yeah. Um, if they did house show at the smaller venues, I don't think you'd have... I don't know how many sellouts you get, because house shows don't really sell out. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They're just something to do on a Saturday. Well, the last few we went to for WWE were not sellouts. The closest one we've been to for WWE that was, I think, close to a sellout was when we went to JPJ in 2014, when Daniel Bryan was on the rise for Mania. But even that wasn't a sellout. It was close, but it definitely wasn't a sellout. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, again, I, I think the, the whole model of the house show is probably um, going to fall by the wayside, especially after this year. Yeah. So there's that buzz again. COVID-19 has definitely put a disruption to a lot of different pieces. I mean, sports have been tossed aside and put on their ear ever since uh, all of this started happening. But wrestling seems to be the one thing that has managed to find a way to keep things moving. And AEW has, (laughs) from the time that they started to all the way through 2020, they've been the the leading the charge company. They've been the ones that have really been been setting the pace and setting the tone. Going into this coming week's Dynamite, Now, we haven't talked about Jericho and and Hager against the Chaos Project, which, as of this week, we learned who they were. That's a good thing. Um, I mean, the the, the wrestlers we knew about, but the tag team name we'd never heard before. Um, But when you really look at what AEW is doing, we're coming into their their anniversary episode this month, uh, Wednesday. And it's going to be... Moxley against Lance Archer. It's going to be um, Big Swole against Sheeta and Cody against Orange Cassidy. I'm willing to bet FTR will defend the titles there as well. Well, so, don't they have um, 
Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, best friends. Thank you very much. Best friends, yes. And it may be – now, they may pull the old uh, non-title match. If you beat us in a Brush for Greatness challenge, you can, you can yeah, challenge. No, I, I think this is a – I think Tony made the match last week in the Brush with great, Greatness challenge. God, that just kind of rolls off, doesn't it? Brush with greatness challenge. Oh, you know what? I, you know what I like is that you're celebrating them stealing. They're stealing, Brian. Dirty rotten. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'll have to admit that. <laughs> That's clearly a ripoff. <laughs> yeah. See, bunch of garbage. Hey, speaking of hot garbage, let's talk about it for a minute. How about that main event from Dynamite? Uh, what the hell? Just just all four guys just not giving a shit. <laughs> just kind of like, eh, it's my 30th anniversary, baby. <laughs> and that was kind of it. Like, that was supposed to carry that whole match, which it didn't, by the way. Luther Luther looked like he hadn't been wrestling in a while, which, hey, to his credit, maybe he hadn't. And maybe he doesn't jump off the top rope. I don't really know a whole ton about Dr. Luther. So I'm not going to profess to be some kind of expert there. But this main event segment really did kind of suck. I mean, I'll give you it was lackluster, but I think this was Jericho trying to give um, a nod to somebody that's you know, travel the same roads as him that he knows from, you know, because they show that picture from God knows how long ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's all it was. I think it was nothing more, nothing less. Um, uh, you know, I think it was one of those, hey, uh, Jericho, who do you want to wrestle? And Jericho's like, hey, let me, let, you know, let me give the rub to somebody that may need it. You know, maybe it'll it'll help their tag team along. So I think that's all it was. Again, I'm not going to say it was a technically sound match, but I'm not uh, irate over the fact that uh, that was the main event. I wouldn't say I was irate. I wasn't Sonny chasing. Oh, no, put it to I'm, you that way. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you're irate. I'm saying that there are people irate. Like, why is this guy in the main event, yada, yada, yada? Like, you know, we haven't seen this a million times before. Right. You know, if you go back and watch some really old stuff, you will see, like, Ric Flair versus, uh, you know, I don't I don't know, uh, God, you know, the broom in the main event. You know, Hulk Hogan versus Ron Bass in the main event, you know? Right. This has been going on. This is nothing new. Um, And, again, I I think it was Jericho gave the nod to a friend, and the friend that is on dark and up, uh, not up and comer, but, you know what I'm saying, this tag team is picking up momentum, and they thought it would uh, carry over. I really think they need fans, though. Uh, not like fan fan. I'm talking like uh, motorized fans. <laughs> I was gonna say, wait a minute, don't they have fans? <laughs> yeah, 
because this is what this second or third main event in the just as many weeks when uh, yeah. Yeah. they just seem to get blown up so fast. There's a major challenge going on right now with what they're doing, and that is the humidity and the heat. Because like it, yeah. just like in the tag title match, they did ultimately get a groove going, but it took, because I think it was about a 15-minute match, and it took about seven or eight minutes for them to finally get some energy back. Because, you know, they come out, they come to the ring, you figure the heat hits them right smack in the face, and they're like, oh, good God. And then, you know, they do their, their opening sequence, which normally is 90 miles an hour, but because they were already worn out, you know, they slowed down, it looked sloppy, there's no communication. Then we finally see some semblance of, of order, but by then you're like, geez, what's going on? Because it's not – sometimes we'll say – like you've heard us all say here before, man, these guys just didn't have chemistry. They just weren't working well. But I don't think that's the case. Like I think between TH2 and FTR, that could possibly be because they – I don't know that they've ever worked ever, like ever together. But mm-hmm. I think the other part of it is, just like you said, I think they're just – they're wore out. And, I mean, the NFL used to well, – didn't they used to like put a big old block of ice behind a fan – so that when it would blow, it would kind of cool off the players when they were on the bench. Yeah, but now they have those big, uh, like, turbo things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe they should invest in a few of those and, you know, put one on each side of the ring. And, I mean, I imagine that would make it difficult to hear, and that would probably be a challenge as far as your sound, too. So, I mean, there's yeah, some but challenges there, I don't... but... I don't think they're that loud. I would imagine they're not that loud. And if you, again, if you put them in the, at the, at the, uh, um, railing, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that would probably keep it far enough away from, uh, your, your mat or your ring to where it shouldn't become that much of a nuisance. I mean, it can't be no louder than a packed stadium. True. Fair point. Now, the matchup does end. Now, last week, last week I said, you know, the one move I hate seeing right lately is the Judas effect. Because to me, it's just a back elbow. I'm like, God, it, it just sucks. But we see two, two Judas effects delivered, not just at the end of this matchup, but also in the segment that follows. That honestly, Brian, seeing him deliver it to Luther literally pounding his freaking face in with his elbow. Yeah, all right, you you kind of won me on that, all right? I'm, I'm raising my hand. Yeah, that, that looks like it hurts really, really freaking bad. Because <laughs> Luther took it right smack in, in the fucking uh, nose, and it. I was like, damn, that's a John Cena nose break if he's not careful. <laughs> yeah, I, I think when it's done right, it, it has that look because it's so fast. Yeah. You know when he when he delivers it. And to me, it just looks like it hurts. It looks like it's a very lethal finisher. Now, I mentioned that it would happen in two different segments. The way Dynamite goes off the air, which I'm still just curious as to why they selected this segment to end the show, outside of the fact that it was for Jericho. That's probably the reason. 
But MJF comes to the ring. He tells Sammy Guevara, which still makes me laugh, I'm going to get you your jacket, buddy. I haven't forgotten. And then he gives Jericho a gift. He says, it's gift o'clock. <laughs> and he gives Jericho a big framed photo of MJF. You know, it's funny. I've never, ever seen this type of segment, ever, in professional wrestling. No one's ever given a giant-sized photo of themselves to the person they're supposed to admire. I mean, The Rock never did it to Farouk. Oh, wait, he did. Randy Orton didn't do it to Kurt Angle. Oh, oh wait, no, he did. Edge didn't do it to Kurt Angle. You know, Kurt Angle's gotten a lot of pictures. Just saying. Um, so... This one wasn't necessarily different, but I felt like when they ended it, after Jericho just crushes the clown with the elbow to the face, which it wasn't bad enough that he smashed the picture over his head, which, you know, at least for the for the sake of how it looks on TV, maybe put in like a plexiglass or something that bounces out instead of just having him obviously go head first or through a piece of paper. Um... But then the elbow to the clown's face. Now, if you didn't think Luther's taking the Judas effect looked devastating, this poor clown, I don't know who it was, but he sold it like a million bucks because down he went. <laughs> Although you don't really get much choice. <laughs> An elbow thrust into your proboscis, to quote Gorilla Monsoon. Into his what? Proboscis. His nose. His nose. God. What kind of wrestling fan are you? You don't remember what Gorilla Monsoon says? Mm, not the proboscis. The proboscis. <laughs> the schnoz. Right in the snout. Getting, getting there? Anybody? Anyone? Bueller? Okay. <laughs> but in, in classic Saturday Night Live fashion, they end with credits rolling as everything is Chris Jericho. Director, cameraman, sound guy. <laughs> I mean, I I was so confused. I was like, okay, I guess that's Chris Jericho's vision of, of how his celebration ends. Uh, what the hell? What a disjointed way to end the show. Maybe Jericho didn't even want to do it and they forced it on him. Uh, I really don't think that... Uh... You're going to force anything on Jericho. Um, again, I he was probably asked, what do you want to do? And, you know, sometimes you hit home runs and sometimes you hit foul balls. There was something foul going on during this segment, and I think it was the segment itself. It was foul. It stunk. True, but, you know, it's not going to be the last one you see that probably stinks. It definitely wasn't the first one. As long as they don't come up with another character like Glacier or attempt to do, you know, any world order, I think we're okay with AEW. I think we've got a solid company that's going to stick around. These crazy kids, they can fill a 10,000-seat arena. I think there's no doubt about that. So Florida apparently has opened up to fans and apparently starting in the 
the coming Soon. weeks. Yeah. The NBA, not the NBA, I'm sorry. The NFL has already started this past week to get ready for ticket sales. Do you think that AEW will expand and have a, a larger crowd? Well, I think it's op- it's open up to um, – I think it has opened up to wrestling. So, I, don't, I mean, I think, I think both of them will probably do it. Hopefully, they'll do it gradual-like and not mm-hmm. just open the floodgates. Right. Um, but I think I think if if you pack the those stadiums, the football stadiums down there, if you completely pack them, uh, I'd be curious to see like how many cases come from that, and then it'll probably all get shut down relatively quickly anyway. Rob, what do you think? No, I mean, I think you see them, you see people in there and it's just, you look at the different things opening back up and I mean, more sporting events have opened to more fans. I mean, I follow NASCAR and as the season went on, now they're in the, like the last stretch, but you know, they've got more fans in the stands. I think last week when they're Talladega, they had in Alabama, they had 35,000 fans in the stands in attendance, they said. So, I mean, I mean, it's just, it comes and goes, but Brian's right. You know, you see things open up and then things spike, they're going to shut it right back down again. Yeah. Just, we got to be smart. I mean, you see, you have, they have, they had people in the stands for last week and they'll have people in the stands next week. Just be smart about it. You know, don't, they don't need fans in the stands to legitimize, big word. Easy for you to say. Legitimize their product. So. Yeah. Well, listen, as we, as we close out for the night, you know, wanted to first off say, uh, hey, our thoughts are out to our friend Anthony in the uh, old group chat as he found out his son has uh, COVID, so we hope that he gets well soon. Uh, we have not forgotten about the top 10 failed WCW gimmicks. That is still on the schedule. We are going to be going over that list, but we want to make sure we have the appropriate research done because there's a lot of WCW gimmicks that you can really say, well, was this good? Was this bad? We want the best of the best, baby. So that's what we are still planning on doing that. Of course, um, we are working on pulling in some independent wrestling guests, some legends of the independent circuit. Um, We've got a couple of great ones coming on board. And if you've checked out uh, recently, if you've checked out what we've been talking about and hinting about over here, Um, Of course, we're also looking at potential expansion. Brian just did a great watch along with his lordship and uh, Mr. Diego. What was it that you guys watched, Brian? Clash of Champions 11. Oh, wow. When did that take place? 90, I think it was. June, maybe, 90. Ooh, so that was... Wow. Yeah, that was... I definitely went before... The migration south. Okay. And um, 
It had the main event of Ric Flair versus Junkyard Dog. And I think that's why I went with it, because I don't recall ever seeing the Junkyard Dog getting, you know, like that big of a main event spot. Hmm. You know, for, for a world title. I think I think it was for the title. I could be wrong on that part, but... Um, and it was actually pretty good. It's pretty cool to see to see the growth that we're seeing right there over at PW twenty four seven radio right now. So we've got a lot of great things going on. Ultimate watch along is what uh, what Diego has entitled it, unless that title changed again. Mm-mm. Okay, still ultimate watch along. Good. Got to make sure we're consistent. He he was he was he was the idea guy when it came to watching. Uh, no holds barred. So, and then of course it was. Um, what did we do the last watch along for? You did the clash, and I did one with them. I don't remember what it was. But anyway, we got a lot of great programming coming up this Wednesday at ten thirty. PW twenty four seven live is back on the air, and uh, we'll have a great, great time talking about uh, dynamite. As far as the after effects, we'll talk a little bit about what the news is so far, and even a little bit of recap of the draft. And then, of course, right back here on Sunday as we outline all sorts of great great and goofy professional wrestling and sports entertainment. So, catch up with Rob at uh, somewhere, hailing from wherever. Oh, wait, that's Orange Cassidy. Brian's over on the Twitter bot at STRCP21. I'm over at at Stan Grubb. Uh, everywhere, and then corner to corners at C two C Radio Show. And so you just give me show. that, but you shout out Brian if you don't give me nothing. You're <laughs> Brian, help me out here. Whatever. He's not really all, all that on social media, is he? Well, uh, yeah, but so that's I mean that's really my stick anyway. But I'm trying to make yeah. sure I actually know where he's at, and I every time I ask I know, him, but... Rob, are you on here yet? Nope. How about here? Nope. Well, that is true. That is true. He does do that to you. All right, Rob. Where are you at on social media, buddy? Don't matter then, does it? I guess. <laughs> See? Jesus. <laughs> you know what? This is why I'm not a hype guy. <laughs> hey, thanks. I mean, you, do good, you good, do good for me. I, well, I got I to gotta do right. I got to do right. Yeah, but mean, yeah, so. I mean, that's from day one, though. I, I think we've had this... Since day one, we have played this game for years. Yes, for years. Sad thing is, we really have. I mean, we started this. Would you believe that our first episode of Corner to Corner, together as a team, takes place? Our anniversary for four years is next month. Four years. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Can't believe it's. Hey. Been that long. Wow. You think we can get like uh, Gene Simmons to give us a shout out? Not if he says we're on our hands. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll pull it see if I can edit the audio. <laughs> corner to corner. Congratulations for four years on your hands. <laughs> Thanks, Gene. You're like a bad Japanese movie. <laughs> now i got to try to do it just to say I did it. Corner to corner. <laughs> corner to corner. Maybe make it robotic. Yeah, we can do that. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. We appreciate it. We will see you next time right here. Same bat time, same bat channel. Have a great night, everybody. Great night, everybody.
never know what Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.